1: Did you know that indecision is costing you money? When employees get stuck in indecision loops, it can impact their work, the work of others, commitments to clients, and ultimately your bottom line. Give your employees access to coaching when they need to stop indecision loops and keep your business moving forward. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn about the Grand Heron Plus program for corporations. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.
0: Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate their performance and drive impact. I do this through the power of executive coaching, facilitation, and professional speaking. On the Keep Leading Podcast, I love exploring ways that we can keep leading. And to do that, we have to look at different facets of leadership. And we've covered a lot of areas here on the Keep Leading Podcast. Today, I want to look at one that we have not touched yet, and that is visionary leadership. What does it mean to have visionary leadership? How can one attain it? To provide the answer, I have just the man. Dr. Oleg Karnalavov, is a global thought leader with international Fortune 500 experience. He's on the Thinkers 50 radar. He's been recognized as a global thought leader by the Thinkers 360. And he's a part of the Marshall Goldsmith 100 Coaches family. And he has the answer we're looking for because he is the author of The Vision Code. Oleg,
2: welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast. Hi, Eddie. Hi, hi, hi. It sounds like a superstar. Hey, I'm just human. Uh, I'm just curious human. And I love exploring areas which are critical for all of us. And thank you for having me on your show.
1: Well, I'm so happy that you're here. And To be the best we can be, we
2: must be curious, right? Oh, yeah. Because, you see, if we're not committing, if we're not reinventing ourselves again and again, we will remain where, you know, where we were yesterday. Nothing would change. It would be no progress. No. It would be boring. (laughs) Yes, yes. That's that's not a good thing. (laughs)
1: So tell us a little bit about your background.
2: Ole, Eddie, it's uh, I love that question, but I don't uh, I don't like much answering that question because you see, I'm not what happens to me. I'm I'm what would where I'm going to be. I spent many years in the practical business, very practical, in the fishing industry, and then I gone into consulting, writing books, sought leadership. Then I became a coach. But I was always curious, what else I can do? You know, how I could explore something and live to the highest purpose of my life, to discover new fields and share it with people. And that defined probably my journey, which if I would look back, it's so strange, but it's so interesting. So you don't look backwards, you only look forward. You see, if we have a question now, for instance, that means we don't have an answer to this question from the past. We need to find that answer in the future that we would create. And that is quite interesting because we often tend to answer something or present ideas which actually didn't work before and they wouldn't work either now. Uh, we need to f- come up with a grand solutions to grand problems. Leadership, it's not about problem solving. It's about finding solutions. And actually, at the end of the day, we will be judged on terms how, what kind of a solutions we have found or shared with people. Because this is more important than just problem solving, you know. Problems like mages they're sucking a blood and they're just flying away. The next problem comes in, you know, it's all the time. But it's leadership. It's about finding grand solutions that would allow us leading people into that prosperous, bright future. And so somewhere along
1: the way, you became one of the foremost gurus on visionary leadership and wrote The Vision Code. Tell us why you wrote the book.
2: And it, it was something struck me for more than 20 years. I was looking into the nature of vision. What is it? How I could create myself something which would be certain in any uncertain situations or phases of life. And therefore, I was looking for answers to questions like, what vision is? What is my highest purpose which I could live to reach my vision and live a meaningful life? How to create vision? Because it's often believed that vision is some kind of a gift. But as Carl Jung said, until we make an unconscious conscious, it will direct our life it, and we will call it fate. I don't believe much into, in fate. I believe that fate is that what we create. It's not what we will do. What we create, this is our fate. It's not something given. We, we have opportunities. And then we're you know, making decisions to live in, in a certain way. Well, that brings up the question, what is vision? Vision is our aspiration for a future that we strive to make a reality today. And it's not just a bright picture. It's a multidimensional, very pragmatic space, which we create being here now. Or as I'm saying is, vision is an ability to put your signature on the future, being here now. Because it's very pragmatic, it's very functional, it's multi-dimensional. It's like a little planet where people would love to to leave, and therefore you are creating that space together with people and for people.
1: Okay. Well, you said that it's not something that people are necessarily
2: born with. No, no. It's it's a very focused thinking about the future, and. Uh, it's it's an algorithm actually you know vision comes when your conscious awareness of a problem you want to solve for the benefit of others reaches its peak so it's not something like oh i have a calling or you're walking down the street or you know a sudden you, you some bright idea comes to your mind no it's really really conscious understanding okay that problem need to be solved. And this is the way, however, solve it for others. It must be well supported by listening. You must listen. What's the pain points? What need to be solved? How it could be improved? It's about learning. And learning about people, about nature, about existing knowledge, and how you could add to that knowledge and practice, of course. It's about killing your own ego you see, many leaders are ambitious driven. And it's, you know, they could drive people off a cliff just to satisfy their ambitions.
1: So it goes beyond our
2: physical vision, obviously. Absolutely. Because uh, eyesight is a function of eyes, but vision is a function of hearts and minds. That is very different. I'm, you see, the reason I'm, uh, I'm emphasizing the fact about ego. Because ego kills vision instantly. How so? It blinds us. When you're purely egocentric, you don't see people. You don't see their pain. You see nothing. You must be focused on people.
1: Some might argue that that's not necessary to see another person's pain. It's only about what's going on inside of themselves.
2: Yes, but if that pain not allow allows people to live fully and that problem could be solved here comes your vision okay if you want to change something for instance think i was talking to david katz who is a founder of plastic bank it's a fantastic social uh, enterprise from uh, vancouver canada and he was worried how to clean the world ocean from the plastic waste and he came up with a solution where plastic waste was turned into a currency. He asked people to collect that plastic, people who live on the coast of the oceans, and they're collecting that plastic. He recycles it. He pays people in electronic money for everything, for food, for shelter, for schooling, for medical service, for Wi-Fi. And he cleans millions of those plastic pieces every year. So it's a really serious problem that at the same time he solves issues with poverty, with the ocean, and it's another business model that many could, could adapt for themselves in different areas of business.
1: He used his vision to turn plastic into money. Nice illustration. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Is this why you would
2: say vision matters to leaders? If I don't have a vision, where do I lead people? I need to have a vision for the future in which I invite people to live, for which I will invite people to commit themselves. Otherwise, it's a blindness, leadership blindness. And when I was researching for this book, I uh, I came to very shocking result. Less than 0.1% of modern leaders have vision. The rest are pretenders. Say that statistic again, please. Less than 0.1% of modern leaders have vision.
1: Less than 0.1% of modern leaders have vision.
2: That's a staggering statistic. And I'm not talking about political guys. Right. they even, not even in a such good situation. <laughs> well, what do you say the others <laughs> have? They mainly have bottom lines, they're mainly they're putting, okay, we must do certain things by the end of the quarter or annual year, you know, something like that. Or they have some kind of great ideas which are not justified. And, you know, for the last 20 years, we are very good at writing mission statements. But none of the mission statements uh, inspired people. I never saw this, such a thing happening. You see, they're just saying, oh, we want to be better. That's it. We want to be number one. Oh, we want to be $1 billion company. What's in this for people?
1: For the 0.1%, are there people who we all would know and recognize that are getting
2: it right that we can look to
1: as examples?
2: WD-40, Gary Rich. Plastic bank that I mentioned. Junior Achievement. It's led by Ashish Advani. It's a great charity that helps 11 million young people to get their first profession.
1: So Gary Ridge, he is the CEO of WD40, yes. a product that is known and loved worldwide for its many uses. He's also a member of the MG100 family, the Marshall yeah. Goldsmith 100 Coaches. And who is the other leader you said? He's the president of Junior
2: Achievement. Yeah, it's Ashish Advani. He's also an uh, MG100 fellow. Faisi Farehi, It's a company, Corend. he He's one of the inventors of SaaS, which is software as a service, which we're using the, today the, across the globe. And uh, Noel Ferguson, at Institute of One World Leadership from Ireland. You know, There are many of those people. And... See, they are not very how say they are not very celebrity. <laughs> they are working hard and they're doing what they do in a great way. Because when we, we people usually think about visionists as just like a few iconic personalities like Elon Musk or Steve Jobs. Right. Yes, they are. But yet there are a lot of people
1: because those are the best examples that we hear. When most people say visionary leadership, that's who they say, those, one of those two names.
2: Yes, but what's important to consider, and I'm always saying this, what is the chance for you or for me to have a good conversation with Elon Musk? If you would send him email, what's the chance that he would respond to it? Probably not very high. No, no. But if you will send a message to Gary Rich or to Ashish Wani, more or less you have a chance to talk learn from him or meet him in the airport and have a conversation. You know, and that is very, very different because visionaries, when we talk about leadership, particularly visionary leadership, it's about revealing the very core of it, Acting for people, acting with people, and acting for their needs. Okay. Therefore, visionary leaders, it's about being with people, so being present, being accessible. Because people could really see, okay, this person does this, or he is involved, or she is involved in something very important. And they could learn. It's about inspiration. And in my view, inspiration is a is a very strong sing, signal. You can do this. These people sending this signal all the time. You're giving
1: us a lot to think about, Oleg. I'm talking to Oleg Kanavalov. He is the author of The Vision Code. And he's helping us to understand how we can have visionary leadership. We'll have more from Oleg right after this.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner, the leadership accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more.
1: This is Melissa Agnes, author of Crisis Ready, Building an Invincible Brand in in This Uncertain World. And that's what I do. I help leaders build invincible brands. And you're listening to the Keep Leading podcast with Eddie Turner. We're back, everyone. I am talking to Dr. Oleg Kanavalov, He is the author of The Vision Code, where he helps leaders develop visionary leadership. Before the break, Oleg, you were explaining to us what vision is and what it is not. And you gave us an example of Individuals who are experts and true visionary leaders, along with a shocking statistic that stopped me dead in my tracks. <laughs> but now I want to talk about, for those who are listening, how does one develop
2: their vision? Eddie, as I mentioned, vision comes when you're conscious awareness of a problem We want to reach for the benefit of others, which is this big. So you're thinking about for whom your vision would be important. Whose pain do you want to solve? Very important to understand, does it worth your full commitment? Because vision, it's not something, oh, I'll have a vision for this year, but next year it would be something different. No, vision is bigger than you or me, bigger than any company, right? You could leave your vision as a legacy, and therefore it's a very important question. Does it worth your full commitment? and it's about who will support your journey when you you know it's it's vision is a path to the great future and therefore you must have supporters and so people joining along that journey that which is quite important therefore you must think uh, for a year ahead for three years ahead for five years ahead for as long as you can and this is about changing your life all the time. When I was thinking about my vision, when I was working on this book, The Vision Code, I realized very interesting thing. Vision, yes, is very, is very important. Great. It's probably the second most important asset in your life, after the life itself. And therefore, it's about how vision, your vision is strong you will see, you will feel that strength as soon as you understand how your vision impacts you and makes you stronger. And you know, really craving for change, really craving for growth. That's a very interesting point.
1: And, and in your book, when you codified your concept on this, you have received endorsements from some of the most significant thought leaders in the world. When I looked at that list of folks, the <laughs> four by Marshall Goldsmith. You've got the CEO of Entrepreneur Magazine. I mean, on and on and on, you've got a lot of people that really yeah. stand behind your work.
2: Well, yeah, because, you see, so far we talked about vision as something murky, something very general. Yes, we need to have a vision. But this is for the first time when vision is turned into a practical business tool. And then when I do coaching and I do consulting on vision, and I have a course, Ole Canavala Vision Leadership course, when I help people to use all these tools and apply them immediately and create their vision and execute it. And this is the greatest impact we could have as leaders if we become visionaries on people around us in a very great way. Even it's one of the endorsements or oh, two of the endorsements from World Economic Forum. <laughs>
1: yes, that's very significant. So that, that's saying a lot about its use and uh, applicability to those in the business community. So how is vision a business tool?
2: It's very interesting because vision is not a gift. Vision is six steps, practical algorithm. And I, it's cover. I call it cover the same delicious (laughs) c stands for a clarity of creation a stands for ability because your vision would grow as only if you grow as a leader if you stop growing your vision will stop growing as well but it will die you may still be alive but your vision will die Uh, And as I mentioned, vision is huge, bigger than your organization. Therefore, you must be really capable to handle it, to manage it, to lead it. And V stands for viability because, in simple terms, vision is very pragmatic. It's very practical. And it must be checked or tested at every phase, whether it is development, creation, or execution. Gains six firm criteria, which is stimulus, what's value I deliver for people, scale, how this value could be extended, spotlight, it's about responsibility. Because being a visionary leader, you like on a Broadway for 24-7. You're responsible for your impact on people's life. It's about scanning, because you must be grounded, you must be relevant to everything that goes on around and what could be added to your vision in terms again, add value for people and solve their problems and it's about simplicity because vision is an elegant thinking about complicated things, it must be simple for people to really buy it in and of course it's about excitement and passion because Strong vision is a strong emotion itself. And you must make people not just passionate, you must make people multipliers of that passion. You inspire people, you not motivate people, you inspire people. And therefore it's a process. And I'm sharing in my book all that questionnaires, forms, models, helping people really to work with it.
1: So you have the book that you've been using to help people develop their vision, and when you've documented these business tools. And I also have seen a lot of people posting a beautiful certification. Tell us about your certification program.
2: Oh, this is a four-day course. It's online, which is actually the, the advantage of which we gain as a positive side effect of latest restrictions, because when you're online, you it's a small cohort, but the people coming, like last cohort, for instance, 10 people from nine countries. <laughs> and you could talk to everyone. And it's incredible because first day we purely talk about how to create vision. Then next day we talk how to grow as a leader, how to test your vision in terms of viability, how to influence it. And... Um, How to act as a visionary leader in terms of execution, how to make it a reality. And R is a very interesting point, revitalizing, because the further or the higher we climb, the further we see more opportunities, you must revise your vision, you must keep it growing. And that is a fascinating process. But what's important, it's not just that algorithm, it's a mind shift. Because being a visionary, it's a very interesting mindset. You you talk about solutions. You look into the future. You lead the change. You're not facing a change. You lead the change.
1: Those are such important qualities of leaders right now, talking about the future, leading the change, and getting solutions. We certainly could benefit from more leaders applying that.
2: You see, one of the points that we tend to neglect or we're missing is, for instance, when we communicate vision, we believe that we're just sharing information. No. When we communicate vision, we're making others the co-owners of vision. And when people feel being co-owners, they are really committing themselves. They are really engaged. Think of this company WD-40, which is led by Gary Rich. They're all members of the same tribe and their engagement rate is 96%, the highest in the world because people believe in it themselves and therefore they're committing themselves fully into it.
1: Yes. You have given us a lot to think about today, Oleg. What's the main message you would
2: like to send our listeners away with? All of us have the traits of visionary leaders which must be developed it's nothing like you are not a visionary no, you I mean just any listener is a visionary it's a matter how it can be developed it's nothing like you don't have it no, it is a matter if if it's your decision to be a visionary you will get it, just a matter of learning this was the toughest challenge for me to make it Practical, transferable, coachable, and this is possible. But what's important to remember, if you have a craving, a feelingness to have a vision, don't allow anyone to silence your vision.
1: Don't allow anyone to silence your vision. Very nice. Where can my listeners learn more about you?
2: Oh, they could go on my website, olekonavalov.com. It has a contact form, it has my email. They could contact me or read about my books and get the links or read my articles for CEO world for Forbes. They could connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to respond to messages and help where I can where I can. So I'm happy to talk with people who are really interested in vision and about becoming the masters of the future. I'm happy to help.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and the vision code so we can keep leading as visionary leaders. Thank you very much, Eddie. A great honor talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. And that concludes this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So whatever you're doing, Always keep leading.
0: Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com.
1: Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business.